0: Welcome everybody, it's time once again for another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. So grab your board, we're going to swim out into that ocean of ideas and we're going to see if we can catch a wave today here and ride the Sales Pipeline. But today, today we have another surfer that dropped in today. He looks kind of like the silver surfer here with his uh, slick back hair and uh, maybe not the, the golden surfer here. It's Jim Obermeier. Hey Jim, how are you? Hello, Paul. Our normal host today, Matt Hines, is on
1: a jury duty today, so he's asked me to step in for him, which is very interesting. Uh, by the way, Paul Roberts is our announcer and sidekick on the Pipeline Radio program, and he's also the producer for all of the programs on the Funnel Radio Net. Today, our subject is how to create an SDR team that schedules 24,000 demos a year. That got my attention. It's interesting because 1030 today, we interviewed Katie Borg, who's the chief revenue officer over at Discover Org. And today we've got Henry Shuck. He's an entrepreneur, started this company in 2007 when he was 23. God bless him. He's led the company on a rapid growth path, including funding investments from the likes of TA Associates, Goldman Sachs, etc. Now, I started the interview on SLMA Radio with Katie because I found this company that seemed to be really growing dramatically, and I wanted to know more about them. As I dug into this, I'm going to give you a quote about, that came from the company. It have a fundamental belief that to be and scale a high-growth company, you have to do the hard things to find your target market, cold call relentlessly, aligning sales and marketing, execute an ABM strategy, and discover org." Practices what it preaches. Henry, welcome today, and I can't wait to hear how you're going to tackle this, how you created an SDR team to schedule 24,000 demos a year. The microphone is yours.
2: Thank you very much. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. And when you say 24,000 demos, it, it actually sounds a lot bigger than what it felt like when we were doing it. But really, I think what happened with us, and so. For the listeners who didn't hear Katie's interview, we're a sales intelligence company. We provide really in-depth, high-quality information on people who are making purchasing decisions at about the 150,000 largest companies in the world. And our customers are using our tool to find out who's who within companies, what technologies they're using, and what things they're working on. And in late 2015... We were looking at the road ahead and realized, hey, if we want to grow the way that we expect to grow, we can probably do that by doing the exact same things. We can grow 15 to 20% a year by just continuing to do the things that we're doing. But then somebody asked, well, what if we want to grow 60% next year? How do we do that? And the first response from our, our head of sales was we can't do it because we don't know who our buyers are at the accounts we're trying to sell to. And we don't know who the companies are in our addressable market. And that's a pretty embarrassing problem when you are solving that problem at the time for 2,000 customers to know that the problem that you're solving for your customers you haven't solved for yourself is a little bit deflating. And so we looked at the world and said, okay, look, here's how we're going to do it. Number one, we're going to invest in really high-quality data, which means that we're going to build our own Discover Org for Discover Org with people who are calling in and gathering really high-level intelligence on the accounts that we're selling to. And then number two, we're going to invest in a really large sales development team. And really that's what we did. We grew the team in 2015 from four SDRs to what is today just over 35 SDRs. And that brings with it a whole slew of issues, right? Like what worked with four SDRs just doesn't work at 30 from a process and a systems and a go-to-market perspective. We did that. We scaled the team. We invested in systems along the way that made us more efficient and allowed us to scale. And then we built a technology stack that allowed those 30-plus sales development reps to be highly efficient and highly effective and be able to take real advantage of the data that we were feeding to them about accounts and the prospects in our target market.
1: Now, with 32 reps, I looked at this, 24,000 demos a year, that's about 15 a week, which seems to be quite doable. Do they do all the demos? They do not. The
2: SDRs are mapped uh, one-to-one to to account executives, and so the account executives do all of the demos. So they'll set a meeting, and then they'll schedule it for an account executive that they are mapped to, and then the, the account executive will do the demos. Originally, that's not the way it was. It's sort of the SDRs would set demos and then they'd round robin around the account executive. And sort of what we realized was the problem with that is you lose opportunities for training and coaching. Because if I'm just one of 15 SDRs who sets a demo for you and it's a bad demo, I'm much less likely to go sit down with you and explain to you, hey, look, this is a bad demo because it wasn't with power because the company's not a good fit for us, because there was no budget. These are the reasons why I don't want a demo like this again. When you're just getting demos from 15 random people in a round-robin way, your incentive as an account executive to do that type of coaching is small. But when we went to a one-to-one mapping where we said, this is your SDR and your pipeline, which means your commission and how much money you make, is dependent on their ability to set good demos for you well, all of a sudden, the incentives were much more properly aligned.
1: Makes a lot of sense. Now, for people who don't know, I believe you said your revenue in no, your private company, correct? But it, your revenue in 2016, is it okay if I quote that? Yeah. $71 yeah. Million in revenue in 2016, and you're on track to do $125 million in 2017. Still there, still on track?
2: Still there, still on track. We should beat it by a little bit.
1: <laughs> great. <laughs> that is great. So this one-to-one, which makes perfect sense for the SDR to have an account executive one-to-one that they're attached to at the hip. They're much more invested. Tell us a little bit more about the whole process to get to that demo stage, to get to that interview stage that the person eventually says yes. Does it does it take three phone calls before they agree to a demo, or does it take one phone call for the most part?
2: It's less about the number of calls and more about the number of times you get a conversation. And we're actually able to book a lot of demos without a phone call and really because we've built really targeted email email outreach for our prospects as well. And so the SDRs, they, they use a dialing tool, a tool that lets them automatically dial through a list of prospects. And then they also use an email sequencing and automation tool. And so the SDRs here use outreach. It's a tool that does outbound email sends and email engagement. They use a combination of Front Spin, which is the dialer, and Outreach, which is the email tool, to really automate their outbound prospecting. Data comes in, it goes into Front Spin, it goes into Outreach, and sort of feeds through a process. In most cases, we have contacted the person at least seven times before we're able to set the demo. We've sent in an email, we've made a phone call, we've left the voicemail, We've connected with them on LinkedIn. We've done a variety of different activities, seven different of them, before that that change happened.
1: Which never actually, give up. It's never a, give up. Great. Never
2: give up. It's a really important point because send an email, they send two emails, they make two calls, and then they go, okay, this guy's probably not interested, I'm going to move on. When in reality, our conversions are happening most often at the seven touch point. And imagine giving up at six. That would be really bad for your ability to convert your prospects into demos. One of the key learnings over the last year has also been to really sort of log and analyze the data so that you don't make mistakes like stopping at six.
1: That that makes perfect sense. It's great that you publicize the number to them so they understand. Most sales reps in most organizations give up after the second or third call. I've seen numbers 48% give up after the first call much less the sixth or seventh. But things have changed in the last five or six years, and it's a lot harder to get through to people than it ever has been before. You've got to continually deliver value, and you just simply can't give up. Is there any compensation for the SDR when they get a demo or only when a sale is made?
2: It's actually both. They're compensated on getting the demos, and they're compensated on the wins that those demos generate.
1: Okay, so they've got a vested interest because they're dealing one-on-one. They've got a vested interest in the demo, so they get that, and then they've got a vested interest in the, in the final sale. Do they have any part of the conversation after it's handed over to the uh, account executive?
2: No, they usually pass the notes along, and this is a pretty automated process at this point, but the account executive gets a, a sheet of notes from, from the FDR, which explains what they learned on the call with the prospect. You know what systems they use, how many people are on their sales team, why they're interested in Discover Org at this point, what other tools they might be using in their in their sales stack that we may integrate with. Uh, that and then the account executive takes it from there. Now, where the SDR might reappear is where a demo is set, the demo completes, we go to a next follow up phase in the opportunity cycle, and the person, the prospect stops responding doesn't come to the follow-up call, doesn't respond to emails. We could put the prospect in a stage that we call reliven. And so if they go back into a reliving stage, then the SDR's sort of job is to get them reengaged and get them back
0: over to the account
1: executive. So that is interesting. I've got a whole bunch of questions when we come back about uh, does your finance team get involved in this as an accountability partner or are they, are they the enemy or the, <laughs> the helpmate? What kind of <laughs> metrics do you use? Are these people all in the same facility near each other, or are they spread across the country? We've been uh, speaking with Henry Shuck. We've been looking at how to create an SDR team that schedules 24,000 demos a year. He's the CEO over at Discover.org. Paul, over to you for a word from our sponsor.
0: In a world where the speed of innovation and change in B2B marketing has never been greater, the only thing bigger is... The need for clarity, for a blueprint, for a guide to what's really working. And how about a way to apply it specifically today to increase sales pipeline growth, velocity, and most of all, conversion. That's what you'll find in the Modern Marketer's Field Guide. And amazingly, you can download it for free. HeinzMarketing.com. Just like it sounds. H-E-I-N-Z-M-A-R-K-E-T-I-N-G. It encompasses the entire sales and marketing cycle, but in quick bursts with lots of specific, actionable ideas, strategies, tactics you can put to work right away, like today. The loaded table of contents helps you narrow in and tackle a problem. And it's something you can come back to over and over again as a reference guide. Why not download your free copy of the Modern Marketer's Field Guide? It's free. HeinzMarketing.com, just like it sounds. H-E-I-N-Z. marketing. Dot com. all right let's pick it back up with jim
1: and his guest well thank you i'm filling in for matt hines today who's uh, off doing his patriotic duty as uh, a jurist we've been speaking with henry shuck he's the ceo and the founder of discovery org got to know his company over the last month or so as we've also interviewed one of his the key marketing person for the company And I really found the company fascinating because of the database that they control and their ability to use artificial intelligence, machine learning, to deliver to their clients better qualified information, which allows the salespeople to obviously make better calls and understand the clients better. Now, we've been tackling the issue, how to create an SDR a team that schedules 24,000 demos a year. I'm amazed that a CEO from a $125 million company still has his hands on the tiller for this. Now, you've got a. I see that you, you, you've got a little uh, a saying in your company that you've created this culture, no politics, no BS, and no a-holes. Is, is that correct, Henry? That is correct. That is Sounds uh, like it came uh, from uh, you, Henry. It <laughs> did come from me. <laughs> yeah. I bet that was an early on feeling that you had up there.
2: It's interesting. I'll tell you one day I was out of the office and, you know, whenever you're out of the office, something flares up and something flared up. And I was flying home and I, I was sitting at an airport gate waiting for the plane aboard. And I thought, you know what? I want to write down everything that I feel like is a discover org. If I was going to describe discover org to like as a person who is, it? and that was one of them. It was like, you know, this is a company that is, built on, on openness and, and honesty, and also your ability to hit your targets and your goals. Be the nicest guy who can't hit their numbers, and there just isn't a place for you at Discover Org on this growth trajectory. And so that speaks sort of loudest, hitting your numbers, hitting your metrics, hitting your goals, that sort of speaks the loudest. And we're not going to hire people along the way who make it culturally annoying for you to get there. Like, I want to come in every day, and there are enough problems when you're growing at the speed that you're growing today that you don't need sort of colleagues that are sort of sticks in the mud or difficult to work with or backstabbing. Like, that's just not something we put up with at all.
1: But that's the the culture of software and lead demand companies, Henry, didn't you know that when you started the company? <laughs> it's
2: not <here>. a <laughs> oh, year. Well, good. I'll tell yeah. you, I, I was going to just a really interesting point on the no BS, no politics piece. When we acquired our biggest competitor, we did it in August, one of the employees who was a high-ranked employee came to our chief revenue officer at Discover Work and said, okay, you know, now that we're one company, who are the people I need to like – be on the right side of and and make sure, like, who's got Henry's ear and and who do I need to make sure I'm always supporting so that I can, you know, move up and do the things that I want to do here. Our chief revenue officer looked at him and said, that's not this company. That's not who we are. There isn't somebody like that that if you're on the right side of, you get promoted or get treated nicer to. You just do your job and do it really well, and that's all anybody cares about.
1: Now, is that person still with the company?
2: Yes. He he
1: oh, good. He, he learned a quick, a fairly quick lesson. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to get into this. One of the issues, you challenged SDRs to become 1% better every day, 1% better in calls, 1% better in what metrics were you looking at? We look at a lot of metrics.
2: I get a weekly dashboard from my finance team, and they're tracking data across that SDR team. And so they're tracking how many demos are created. How many demos are created on our inbound team, and those are people who handle inbound form fills or inbound requests for information, and they try to make those into demos. We track how many demos are created by our outbound team. That's a team that's just going out cold. We have a third-party team we've used called Inside Sales Team that sets appointments for us, and we track their performance relative to our own internal performance. Then we track our conversion rates of demos. What was our conversion rate of the demos that we set? How many demos that we set completed and what completed what we call good fit? So they were good fits that completed. They weren't just bad demos. What percentage of our demos didn't show up? What's our no-show rate? Because you could set a lot of demos, and then if you start seeing a really high no-show rate, you got to manage that rate as well. So we're tracking all of these metrics across the organization, which just give us a pulse on where we need to focus our energies. Or if all of a sudden the no-show rate goes up, we can dig down into that number and say, you know, why did that no-show rate go up? So you know, this happened a few months ago, and one of the things we realized is all of a sudden we started setting our demos more than three days out from the day we talk to the person. And as soon as you go outside of three days, the no-show rate skyrockets. And if you go outside of five days, like, forget it. You might as well not even set the demo. So then that gives us an opportunity to go back to the SDR team and say, look, when you set these demos, you want to set them within 48 hours because everything outside of that, you start diminishing the show rate. So it really gives our managers and our leaders the, the ability to be precise about where they spend their attention and how they guide the
1: team. Do you do a hot transfers if somebody needs a demo right away? Yeah, we can do hot transfers, yep. Okay, so you answered my questions about the metrics. You answered the questions about the finance team as the accountability partner. It sounds like you get them much deeper into this whole accountability thing for sales activity than most companies do. We've only got about two more minutes, Henry. If you were going to give a marketing manager three quick pieces of advice, 50 words, in growing their business, what would those three things be? Two minutes.
2: One and two are going to be data. The number one piece about data is data is a silent killer in your marketing and your sales campaign. If you're not investing in high-quality data that runs through your system, that runs through your marketing system, your marketing automation system, through your sales rep's hands, that will silently kill all of your campaigns. So make sure you're investing on high-quality data on your prospects, your customers, the companies you're going after. The second one is data too, but this data, trust the data and always present with the data. If you're not able to say this campaign didn't work because of, if you can't look to data to say this is the reason this campaign didn't work, or frankly, this is the reason this campaign did work, and so let's replicate that. You want to be able to track data through your marketing and sales cycle so you're able to report on that and get better and better and better. But you really need to be tracking all sorts of data coming out of the activities your sales and marketing teams are doing in order to make adjustments and get better. And then three, I would say if you want to grow, things are going to be hard. And the reason why companies grow is that they do the hard things that companies that don't grow don't do. When things get hard and difficult and they feel uncomfortable... That probably means you're tackling the right thing.
1: Okay. Boy, that's been great advice. We've been speaking with Henry Shuck. He's the CEO of the $125 million company Discovery Org. Fascinating company. Love what you're doing. I love the fact that you've taken a totally different approach to updating your database than so many other people. Great advice today. I think you've tackled the problem how to create an SDR team that schedules 24,000 demos a year, and you're a CEO that still counts and you're still leading. Henry, thank you for your time today.
2: Thanks a lot, Jim. Thank you for
0: having me. I really appreciate it. Excellent. You've been listening to the only show that takes a look at sales pipelines right here on
1: Funnel Radio Channel.